do you feel about public relations, aka PR, and creating your own publicity? You know, putting yourself out there as an expert in your field so journalists know who to come to for quotes and insight around trending topics. You might be feeling a bit of uncertainty around this area, and if you are, I don't blame you. Many of us hate self-promotion and don't like the idea of being pushy or annoying to busy journalists who are tackling the fast-paced news world. But the thing is, you're doing yourself and everyone else a disservice if you're not putting yourself out there and not promoting your programs, events, and expertise. It's time to turn all of that around. In today's episode of Marketing and Me, I'm chatting with Beck Derrington, the founder of the free PR platform Source Bottle, about the best ways to build your status. And you're in for a big treat. So let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you overcome their fear of failure and find the courage within to step up, show up, and make an impact on the world while also living a lucrative life and reaching their full potential. And I do all this through strategic marketing, coaching and training, and via engaging conversational copywriting at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Beck Darrington. Welcome back. Hello, Leanne. Hello. So excited <laughs> to have you on. Um, so uh, for those who don't know Beck, she is the Source Bottle founder um, and an experienced PR and marketing strategist, strategist, strategist I don't know, um, having cut her teeth in the industry more than 20 years ago. Before pursuing a career in public relations and marketing, Beck practiced as a lawyer but quickly realized she was more passionate about telling and selling people's brand stories. So she started over completing a business marketing degree and working up to executive and senior management marketing, public relations, and corporate communication roles in the services sector. And she's never looked back. And so then after the birth of her first child, Beck started her own public relations firm, Wagging Tongues, and it was as she realized the, the need for a service that gave journalists and bloggers an opportunity to use new and old media to call out for fresh sources for stories. And then just over a decade ago now, the free PR platform Source Bottle, so S-O-U-R-C-E, Bottle, was born. But yeah, since then, it's moved beyond just a service for Australian journalists, bloggers and sources. Now the service is also available in North America, the UK and New Zealand and distributes approximately 15 million emails a year, each brimming with free media leads. So then more recently, uh, Beck and her tech team have developed a SaaS, so SAS platform called Influencer Hub to address the need for a tool that will make employee advocacy simple, efficient, and scalable. So all very cool stuff there. Um, so as someone who has personally used SourceBottle in the past, um, yeah, absolutely honored to have Beck on the show today. Um, we actually connected on LinkedIn earlier in the year. Um, I just yeah, found out offline that she'd heard my interview with uh, with Kim Heffernan. Hi, Kim. Um, and then has... Hi, Kim. Uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, and she started tuning into my, my show, which is all very exciting. Um, so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll just ask her if she'd like to be my podcast. And she said, yes. So here we are. Um, so, Beck, I'd love to find out a little bit more about your business story. I kind of gave a, a good recap there, but more about, you know, and how you came to Source Bottle. Um, and then, yeah, and then more about Influencer Hub. Look, I think, um, hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I think the, 
The origins of Sauce Bottle probably emerged out of when I was working in Wagging Tongues. Um, I sort of, I, I guess there was part of me that was uh, just a bit of a scaredy cat contacting journalists, if I'm really honest. And, you know, the follow-up call, I used to just to brace myself for this kind of abrasive, short response. And, and, and part of me was like, oh, my God, there's got to be an easier way. There's got to be an easier way. Um, and then I started really thinking about how the whole PR process works, so public relations process work. And, and up until, and so this was back in uh, uh, 2009, I started Source bottle, so we're so we're actually so it's you know, God, eleven years, um, and so yeah, so I I was looking at that sort of the process, and back then, unless you had engaged a public like a public relations consultant or a publicist, or you already had an established reputation, you know, journalists and bloggers, and it was much more leaning towards the traditional legacy media back then, so offline. Um, those you know journalists had their their set contacts they had a little black book they had people they called all the time and unless you had someone representing your interests or you know sharing your story proactively for you it was really hard for a small sort of mum and dad type business or you know a solopreneur as we'd call them now you know to get their to get their story told and yet the stories were really compelling so you're hearing the same sort of hackneyed stories over and over again um, and I always liken it to having um, um, going to a restaurant, right? So it's just like as a, as a metaphor. So it's like I, I'm going to a restaurant. This is sort of pre-source model. I go to a restaurant and it's like me sitting down and having all the waiting staff come and plonk a whole heap of dishes in front of me and crossing their fingers and hoping that I'd like one. And that's the way it used to work. You know, either you proactively, if you if you were able up to approaching a journalist and pitching your story or PR consultants, you know, sending media releases and then, you know, in the hope that one of them might appeal to a journalist. And, you know, I was thinking it's, it's really, um, it was totally due, and I, I hate this word, uh, to be disrupted. It was totally, you know, um, ready for dis- disruption. And it was at the time when crowdsourcing was starting to become a bit more commonplace. And I thought, look, there's there's got to be a way. And so, you know, to, to actually effectively um, embrace technology and make this process more efficiently. And, and that kind of process came up. So Source Bottle actually provided a menu. So a journalist could go and say, you know what I want to order today? I want to order a specialist with, I I want it within the hour, you know, I want a specialist who can talk about, um, you know, sort of, I suppose, you know, ergonomic issues with chairs when we're all working from home, for example. So I I don't need my, the people who generally pitch stories to me to guess what I want. I'm actually driving the story. I'm, I'm engaging with who I want. And then I thought, I could then have a whole heap of subscribers who, as a collective, we could all come together and offer up fresh angles or fresh expertise. And so, you know, that's kind of the ruminations behind the, the platform. And um, and so it only deals with, Leanne, and I kind of make this really sort of clear, so it only really deals with what I call reactive public relations. So, you know, I break public relations or publicity or media relations is probably if I want to be really specific, into two into two strands. There's reactive and there's proactive. Now, proactive is what everyone's been doing forever and which is what I thought that Source Bottle kind of addressed a bit of a, an, you know, an imbalance in the way that we were, we were telling stories. So um, proactive is when you pitch a story to a journalist and or, um, you know, a storyteller, because that could be a blogger, it could be, you know, someone doing this sort of short form content, it could be someone like you, you know, you, you know, disseminating and wanting to tell people's stories um, through your own, um, through your own platforms. Um, so, you know, so there's that traditional where you proactively or you can sit back and wait and Source Bottle as a platform delivers you opportunities to engage with a, with a sort of a media personality, a journalist a blogger a storyteller um and tell your story does that help explain it yeah yeah brilliant so it's basically and it's very simple to do isn't it and it's all free which is brilliant um is there is there a paid version yeah yeah so there are it's it's what we call you know a freemium platform so the there's a, a core service that's free for everyone 
Um, and then there are level there are opportunities to upgrade. So you can have like an expert profile if you're working in you know event management. You want goodies for goodie bags. That's another you know another opportunity. Um, yeah. So it's it's um, there's also I mean you get a certain number of of views. There's a convenience factor, so you can pay a small fee and get be able to just respond freely through the email alerts but anyway that's all in the weeds really but it's it's for, for most of us you probably you wouldn't need anything beyond the, the free version yeah and so okay so there's two two streams basically if you are the the journalist the blogger then basically you can put out your pitch of what your well not the pitch post a call out yeah post yeah, the call out. Post the call. yeah so you post yeah. the call out it's just a matter of like entering a couple of little fields clicking a couple of boxes and that's that's it it's very yep. straightforward. And then from the other's perspective, so say, for example, you specialise in, um, in mental health or some sort of um, health-related field um, and you can present yourself as an expert and you can then put your, uh, you click on those fields and then you get emails relevant to you and what you're an expert in. So then you get those call-outs and you can then pitch your services. It's basically how yeah. it works, right? Yeah. So, you know, so um, just say if we go back to that ergonomic um, sort of example. So if I was a health writer or, uh, and I wanted to talk, you know, I, I was from and I wanted to talk and my audience were small business owners, I'd be sort of saying, you know, well, that's an actually a really interesting angle, Want people wanting to know what sort of, you know, furniture, you know, should they be looking at when they're working from home? All of us are. Um, and so they could say, I, I need someone who's got an expert on like a spinal welfare or something you know on on posture on or on the furniture itself I want to I want to speak to somebody who can give me some insights and so if they see the call out they just respond through the response box um and then they get in touch and that goes straight through to the journal so we have nothing to do with it we're just a connection platform um so we're like a dating app <laughs> we're like the tinder uh, for journalists yeah, I love it because it's so true. Like you were saying before, like the fear of contacting a journalist because I guess it's the um, Australian approach. We don't like to be salesy. We're annoying for people. And even though you might honestly be able to help out that journalist to get a really good angle across in the story, you still feel like they might probably be really busy and just, yeah. I know. So, it's so true. And, and, it, and it's, you know, I mean, they're really busy. They're overburdened even more now. And so uh, naturally they're not going to be receptive to a sales pitch. And I think a lot of people, unless they've sort of received some kind of training, can can just get into that sales mode. That, that's what they're used to. Um, or, like you said, which is something that I've struggled with for years, um, trying to overcome the reluctance to promote features that, of the business because for fear of it sounding salesy um and and i think you know it really requires a real mind shift around okay so from for the purposes of pr i i'm wanting to talk about you know address the query at hand okay you know without trying to sell anything i'm just trying to sell me as a subject matter expert um when it comes to i i kind of feel like when it actually comes to trying to sell the business in even in a promote in promotional content or you know promotional material, the the best way to overcome yourself in terms of t- being self deprecating or trying to sort of you know get around the fact that oh I just you know it's so icky the ick factor trying to overcome that is to just acknowledge that you're actually trying to help someone. So if your product say so in this instance I have no problem saying source bottle really helps people and as as soon as I recognize that what I'm trying to do is tell people about something that could genuinely help them and make a transformative uh, you know change in their business um then then I I just get past myself I get over myself and I just go I've just got to communicate this because this could help and I think if you're that kind of person who's reluctant to promote yourself then that mindset shift is is really effective at uh getting through dealing with yes it. well i mean that's in terms of just general marketing and you know yeah. facebook lives are really effective in video and being more consistent online and that's obviously what I, i'm all about and i know so many people are like oh but will people find it annoying if i post four times a day on linkedin which apparently does work um you know and it's like well hang on and i often say that yeah get over yourself a little bit what what you have to say is of value. Someone wants to hear your message. People want to do business with you. Don't if, if they don't know about you. If you're not putting yourself out there, you're doing them a disservice as well as yourself. You know, um, oh, true. 
Yeah, so that's 100%. So that whole mindset in terms of marketing, PR, it's all related. Um, and so, yeah, we haven't talked much about Influencer Hub. So just share a little bit about how that all works. So Influencer Hub, I mean, look, it's it's still fairly new and it's one of those sorts of, um, it's a platform that's quite, I don't know, bespoke for certain businesses. If you've got, if you're, if you've got a really engaged, um, you know, team or if you've got real super fans that want to help, sort of amplify your message over social media channels, then this is that's the sort of that's the sort of platform that helps. And that's really what it does. But I I, I when I started it, it really was sort of looking at more that sort of external influencer, micro influencer. I mean, that influencer marketing space is is just fraught with people who are, you know, it's <clears throat> can be very self-serving. It's that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about genuine people who like a product not wanting to get anything in return and just want to promote it. And often those best advocates for your business are within the business. So, um, and and it's the most effective form of um, social media promotion because of the the genuineness of the message and, and the fact that most of the people who are within an organisation when it comes to advocacy um, are micro-influencers, so they might have a small network you know and sometimes the smaller the better because the more intimate the connection then the more genuine and trustworthy they're going to find the messages um so so in terms of what what gives maximum influence it's probably the the smaller influencer but um you need that on mass to make it as effective as you know a large one anyway but that's so that's where that sort of business is has come about. Um, I'm just sort of juggling so many hats at the moment. <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, so I, uh, but no, it's um, that's been a, a real labour and love. Um, uh, you know, Source Bottle is well established. This one's kind of more of a like, um, you know, I'm, I'm. It's a toddler that I'm bouncing on my knee at this stage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I've got to say, Source Bottle pretty much it's self sufficient. You don't have to sink your teeth much into that anymore because it's kind of. <sighs> Well, that was that was the idea, Leanne, back in the day. Um, it would be a set and forget. Oh, yeah, this, I got this. this, this Is that such a thing? Totally, yeah. So much love and nurturing. It's like, oh, my God, I've got to stroke this baby, you know, this child's ego. So it's um, it's a teenager. It's, you know, and you always think when they leave the baby years. I mean, I have I have three children. My eldest is 15. I've got three boys. Eldest is 15. The youngest is is nine. And and I thought that once you get through, you know, you once you get to those teen years, it's... But now I'm finding, oh, my God, he's just as much work as the others. And, <laughs> and now I've got to get up earlier and take him places for, you know, like you know, rowing and... I don't know what gym sessions at five thirty in the morning or whatever. So, uh, and I yeah, I reckon Source Bottle is my teenage child. Like they're because um, you're always. I, I find if you if you work in that tech space, and I use that, you know, I say I'm like you know someone who works in tech very very loosely because I just say I want technology. Um, I want to use it as an enabler to deliver this service online, and so it's more scalable, and I have greater reach. And then I go to someone way smarter than me and say, can you make this happen? And so I say I'm in the tech space, but I don't know how. It's like I drive a car, but I don't know how it works. Um, uh, but I know to look after it and I know to put petrol in it. And so I still work very hard on Source Bottle, on the business, and 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 I'm constantly trying to improve um, the results that, that people get, the transparency around, you know, um, around sort of the communications, um, the visibility to make sure as many people get access to media opportunities as possible because I still get, I still get the most incredible delight when someone lets me know that they, because, I mean, I don't know. Once it goes out there, I don't know, <clears throat> you know, what happens. But I, when they come back to me and say, oh, my God, I just got, you know, I'm on this or I'm in this paper, I'm on this TV show, I, and and I still find that that gives me the hugest buzz. Um, I suppose once that stops, then I probably need to palm it, palm it over to somebody else. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so I, it still requires a lot of work. And approving call-outs and trying to sort of, you know, qu- ensure there's sort of quality assurance because 
and people, you know, at, over the time, different people have, have tried to kind of abuse the trust relationship, whether it's a journalist or whether it's a subscriber. And so, you know, I constantly have to stay ahead of the game. Yes, and as things change as well, you know, you have to like technology oh, changes. Technology changes. You're like, oh, I have to get protected for that, or people are starting to use a different platform for something else. And you need to kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, and- there's technology changes. Um, expectations change a lot. So what? What maybe once they were satisfied with, people say, you know, my expectations are different now. I actually wanted to do this. It's like, oh, well, I don't know. I have to see whether I can do that. Um, so yeah. Anyway, it's 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 an it's an ongoing process, so it does take up um, a, a a fair chunk of my time. Yeah, yeah, I bet because yeah, it's your it's still. I mean, it's older, but still your teenager, still your baby, still your child, uh-huh. still a teenager. Still a teenager. Needs to know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can't drink. Like, yeah. You know, who knows what it's going to do? Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, so we'll go back to basics a little bit. We have been talking about PR and uh, publicity, but just for those who aren't so familiar with what that means, like what's the difference between public relations, you know, PR and publicity and marketing? Like how do you kind of define what's the difference between them? Yeah, well, you know, I it, it, it's funny. I um, When it comes down to it, I, I think public relations in its purest form, if we're being like textbook, it's about communicating, like, or the, managing the messages to your publics. So that could be, um, so that might be, well, I differentiate that from, say, media relations, which is what a lot of people, the way a lot of people perceive public relations. It, that's, you know, that's not. Because public relations can be um, community consultation. It can, you know, it can be... Um, it could be sort of holding and ho- and hosting huge events and sort of getting um, giveaways in a in a goodie bag so it gets in the hand of your you know so th- it's kind of like there's a little bit of a marketing element that can it's also like sort of branding branding kind of yes awareness. exactly yeah. yes exactly and so I find um, you know we're still dealing with uh, managing sort of key messaging and and if you're working in the public relations or media relations or publicity fields. It's all about managing those messages that go out to all the desired public. So um, if it's crisis management, obviously something's happened and it's all about trying to help control, rein in that message, take ownership, change the the dialogue so that it's more, um, you know, so that you're actually getting some cut through. I mean, there's a whole lot of science and and um, technical skill, I think, involved in the different arms of public relations. Um, but so I would say it's kind of like an umbrella term that a lot of these other fields, specialist fields fall within it. Um, when it comes to source bottle, it's probably more of a publicity tool. It's just a tool that help you, you would include in your arsenal. Um, it's not the everything that's going to, you know, it's not going to be necessarily the only thing you need, but it's certainly a good adjunct to whatever else you're doing because, because it's it's so passive. Because you can be so passive, um, and and yeah. I, but you know, I think anyone that dismisses the value of publicity and the power um, that it can have in communicating um, is really not doing themselves much of a, a service if they're trying to promote. Because there's, you know. One of the other things to sort of be aware of and, and probably a better sort of way of defining public relations or publicity versus, um, versus say, marketing is looking at earned media versus paid media versus owned media. You know, there's three different forms. And so owned media is like, you know, these podcasts we're doing now. Um, this is, for, you know, obviously I know you know this, but, you know, just in terms of making this, making this sort of some clear delineation between the areas. So owned media is what you've got control of and, and now we all have the possibility to be storytellers and I think we all really should. I mean, it's really important. Well, like guest, so, blog, guest um, blogging would come into that too, like guest blogging. Guest blogging, absolutely. Yeah. Or having your own blog. Like yep. Qantas Magazine I think is a really easy way to sort of say, okay, Qantas Magazine is an owned media sort of publication. Qantas owns it. It doesn't. It's not a promotional tool for Qantas directly. It's indirectly a promotional tool, um, but it talks about it talks to its desired audience using that as a, as and it has a control over the message. So that's owned media. You've got then paid media, which of course is completely owned, 
um, but you pay for it. And as soon as you start paying for something, of course, there's some scepticism on the receiver's end as to whether or not this is actually genuinely true. Um, The difference with earned media is you can't pay for it. So that's why uh, as soon as you start talking about um, publicity and getting it in, say, the legacy media, so, you know, TV, radio, um, newspapers, and then, you know, the, the new form media, so online, um, as soon as you are in a, a publication that you cannot that you cannot pay for, then there's an element of arm's length objectivity to it, which has a lot more clout when it comes to actually communicating that message. So if you've got a third party saying this person is a subject matter expert in this or, you know, tax expert blah said, as soon as you do that, all of a sudden it's elevating you immediately in the minds of the readers that you actually have that expertise rather than me saying I'm a tax expert. Well, you know, I might be, well, I I am actually, I'm terrible at that sort of side of my business. So that would be a major fraud on my part. (laughs) But you know what I mean. So that's kind of the way I help people get their head, wrap their heads around the distinctions between them. Yes, I think that's yeah, it's so important. I mean, yeah, I even got confused between like media relations and public relations until you cleared it. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I just kind of just like um, I guess a press release and a media release. I just assumed the same thing, but it's funny well, they are, you know, they are. And I, but I, and I also think the uh, the days of the sort of generic press release that goes out um, and actually, you know, that spray and pray technique that that's just that's just gone it doesn't work anymore and we're you know it's all sort of immediate our needs this 24-hour news cycle um you know we're all hungry we're hungry for sound bites we're hungry for digestible snippets so it's all about massaging the messaging into the desired form um and and using the media as an effective um uh delivery tool um transporting sort of you know it's it's the messenger it's not the message yeah and that's what i'm all about getting that message right and if you perfect that and it lands on the right ears then you know you've got a good job perfect um um, yeah i mean like just from a personal example uh unicorn party sydney um we're on the morning show uh i don't know i don't know how they got themselves on there but my mother-in-law saw it and, you know, segments these days, because I've also a friend of mine, um, Kirsty, she was on the podcast, the Art of Decluttering, they, you know, oh, yes. got onto one of the morning shows, Sunrise or something. You only get five minutes. And oh, yeah. Like what you can cover in that time, it's just, anyway. Um, so the unicorn one, my mother-in-law saw it and then she goes, oh, I saw that, told me. I'm like, cool, I'll look it up. And then I end up booking it for my four-year-old's birthday party um, last month. Um, so... It, that it was a really great opportunity to see that um, I didn't even actually personally watch that video clip until after they they came to our house. So it, it was just the word of mouth thing. So you know, someone reads something, you don't underestimate who's going to see it when it goes to paper, TV. It might not even be a target audience at the moment, but who they tell, and exactly. it's just can just you know go from there. So totally. Exactly, and incredibly, incredibly powerful. So, like, okay, so you're saying with the, the media release, it may not be as ideal. Is it like using Twitter? Is that the best way <gasps> to get onto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, I love Twitter. So, yeah. so everyone. So, no, no, no. I, actually, I'm not dissing on media releases because they definitely still serve a purpose. I just think the way people use media releases is. Um, is a little bit old-fashioned. Um, the only objective a media release ever has is to get that journalist to contact you for more because every journalist uh, wants their own unique angle. They So they're very reluctant. I mean, uh, you, you can get luck on sort of smaller publications and things, but they're very reluctant to publish what you deliver in a, in a media release because they know you've sent it off to everybody, like to lots of people. Um, so sometimes, so the media release is, is a great sort of backgrounder. It's great if a journalist is short for time. They might have their own angle and then they can sort of grab some um, some comments, some, um, you know, because it, it's actually kind of a formal document saying, my, you know, the client or 
me if 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 I was you know sending a uh, press release on my myself. So they you know you have digestible quotes there that they can be and if they're more if they're really appealing that might be the crux of all they include from that media release. But generally speaking, a media release is only to get that journalist to contact you. And so I think as soon as you start seeing it that way, you say, okay, um, you know, there are other ways of doing that and uh, that might be a sort of just an email pitch saying, you know, like on the Today Show, you know, um, our business, I noticed that you, you did this or you're looking at sort of, you know, the parents of a, like four to five-year-olds that, that do this and they're celebrating their birthdays. We actually have something that, that's, you know, thinking about that same demographic and it would be fantastic for your show for this reason and you do a really personalised pitch thinking about like with, with TV you're always thinking about because they're going to be thinking about imagery, um, availability, you know, who's going to be the talent, are they are they good on their feet? You know that they're going to be thinking of those sorts of things. You're going to be thinking the way they're thinking, and um, so so sometimes because that can be so quick and effective and very responsive, and sort of you can be very um, opportunistic when it comes to like a quick email pitch. I mean, I do it all the time. I do PR as well, and I do it all the time for my clients. Um, I'll see something on whether it's in a newspaper, or whatever. I'll get straight back on and say, look, my client disagrees with this or whatever so you can do like little sort of short media things and you can actually have statements and quotes and things in that as well because it means you can you can be really nimble um but the best is twitter oh my god i i love twitter i've loved twitter i've loved twitter since i started source bottle because it's in my mind it's the sandpit for journalists i mean they they some of them will use LinkedIn and, and, you know, effectively because they, particularly if they're, you know, a, more of a business-oriented journalist. But if you're, if, uh, but, but there's a lot of pressure on journalists these days to have their own audience base, to be amplifying their own content. And the best way to do that is on a platform like Twitter, which has very high visibility amongst, it's actually got very high visibility amongst subject matter experts. That's why I think a lot of people should be on it. Um, and every journalist, if you're ever looking for their contact details, honestly, 98% of them would be on Twitter. And some of them actually prefer a pitch on Twitter. So, um, and a lot of them have their DMs open on Twitter. So you can actually message them directly without them having to follow you back. It's, it's the most, for me, it's my platform of choice. I lose hours a day on it. Um, and it's, it's actually been able to open a lot of doors and opportunities for clients because I've been able to make a connection with the journalist. They can see that, you know, I know what they're talking about. I, I, um, I'm not going to pitch them something that's irrelevant. Um, you know, over the, the time I've sort of established a bit of credibility myself on the platform. So it's a really fantastic, um, yeah, tool to, to pitch a story. And also the discipline of being able to, because everyone's time for the discipline of being able to, pitch a story or an idea or a news angle in now 280 characters or less is very appealing to a journalist. I bet. So I, like, I've played around with Twitter a bit, but I I pretty much, yeah, I've got the perspective of it's mainly journalists and subject experts. Um, It's not, it's totally different to the Facebook, the Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, It's, it's got a key purpose. You don't just go there for the sake of going, I've got some time to kill unless you go there with an intention. Um, And so, yeah, maybe I should start playing around with it a bit more. um, Oh, you should, you should, Leanne. It's, it's, you know, every, every time I, you know, with different different clients and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of trying to educate them on the value of Twitter. It's, um, if, I mean, you're a subject matter expert. You should be all over it too. And, you know, I, I mean, all the people are talking about marketing and they're, they're there too. They're promoting their angles. Your target audience is there. Your target audience publications are there. News is broken there. You can be first in line by um, monitoring certain publication feeds or journalist feeds engage with them it's a really um oh i just think it's a really powerful and effective tool when it comes to media relations and what sort of things would i be posting about like just go oh my little updates or my little quick tips that type of thing 
Well, yeah, you could post like you could post grabs, like really interesting um, quotes and grabs from your your guests. Um, so people, you know, you start to expand your listenership because they start to go, oh, God, I'd like to learn more about that. Or, you know, the, I, you could say something like a teaser. I mean, Mamma Mia back in the day used to be, the, they used to have the most incredible um, sort of clickbait. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I remember. <laughs> that was so good. They were um, good. That, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they still do that, but now there's so many that kind of, but they they were the, the 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 leaders in this. Like you couldn't go past a tweet and go, "Oh my god, what?" and and pass it. You you had to sort of click on to find out more. And I mean, but it's not like it's not clickbait icky icky factor. I mean, what what Twitter isn't like? It's not a a sales platform. It's it's an information tool, and so it's people who um, want a bit of intellectual kind of rigor around messages. There's a lot of politics and things in it um there's lots of argy-bargy there's some some feralness but um isn't there in all of them and because a lot of them can be very cloak and dagger and they don't have to necessarily reveal their identities they can be a little bit um yeah you you can get some really sort of nasty ones there but it's easy to block them too I, i i just find um it's just fascinating and and you start looking at the way other people are wielding their messages and the power of their messaging and see the level of engagement they're getting. Um, There was a stage where a lot of people migrated away and when I wasn't doing much PR, you know, of myself, I I probably sort of um, wasn't as engaged but I've sort of had this rebirth with it and I think a lot of people have moved you know, they maybe they thought, oh, maybe Snap was the new, you know, sandpit for Twitter, uh, for journos, or maybe, you know, maybe this one. But they've all come back, I've noticed, and um, and the engagement seems quite high again. And it might even be um, the result of someone like Donald Trump who used it as, you know, his primary vehicle to um, to communicate. And oh, I don't I don't know what the impetus has been, but it's it's really great, and I think you should be all over it. So you're following all, you know, I don't know, what, what's, can you name one or two publications that you um, find really in terms of information sources for you? Like- um, for me, I, oh, it's a good question because I, I often, just, I listen to, more, listen to more podcasts and I guess read publications, ironically, as a, yeah, reader, reader writer person. Um, I'm in news.com.au, probably the main news source I would if I was to read a new source, um, I think I do follow them on Facebook. Um, that's probably the main main one that springs to mind just because, like, as I was saying offline, I don't often get myself involved in what happens in the wider world. I just stay in my bubble. Um, mental health, yes, I agree. Mental I agree. But, I, yeah, I, I do like the idea of allocating just, like, a little bit of time each week um, just to pop on. But that's the thing. It's so fast-paced that the timing, you go, oh, I'm going to, look at this always on uh, 10 a.m. Mondays and what will come up then will be very different to 4 o'clock Thursdays and yeah. it's just maybe it's that in-between type thing that you just go, oh, I'm just going to see what's going on. And Yeah, so it's not, so it's, it, it, it has improved in terms of not being like a, a straightforward, like a news funnel where it's just like shooting out huge yes, amounts of content. Yes, that's overwhelming. I mean, <laughs> it, it can be overwhelming. But what they've got on the Twitter platform itself, because I used to use Hootsuite um as um or uh tweet deck initially um as my sort of vehicle to so i could actually put people in funnels and stuff now actually twitter itself gives you an opportunity once you find someone you can actually get a notification and just follow them as a thread so you can just follow that thread so you don't miss their tweets if you want to see it even from 10 o'clock that morning so i you know i must i use that a lot so all the journalists that i'm following um i don't miss their messages and that means that even if even if it was later on in the day it'll still be collectively you know there and so i can i can engage with them i just think it's because it's so quick and responsive and it doesn't require a lot of thought you know i mean it certainly i suppose it doesn't require a lot of thought in terms of bashing out the, the message it requires a lot of thought before you actually put some some of the things you might think you know there's some censorship required but um but I just think it's uh 
And, you know, and using using hashtags effectively, you can hook in to conversations that are already well and truly have an enormous engagement and, um, you know, immerse yourself in that conversation and then get more followers because people go, oh, okay, I'm interested in hearing more of what Leanne has to say. It's a really fabulous platform. And anyone that's in, in pub, that wants to actually help elevate their message should be following the journalists, should be following the publications setting them up so they get notifications when they and engaging directly via the platform because um, journalists are required to promote their storage stories most often on Twitter. And as I said, the, the discipline it takes to actually send a message or pitch via Twitter is probably appreciated um, because everyone's time poor. So the shorter and more succinct you can make a message and compelling, the better. Awesome. All right. So if someone's trying to like build their visibility, they're going to get themselves on Source Bottle. They're yes. going to start checking out Twitter. I just feel like Australians as a whole don't go on Twitter as much. Like from people I speak to, they rattle off, yeah, oh, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, but they never mention Twitter these days. Um, so anyway, let's change that around. Let's start a movement. Change that. Because uh, <laughs> Beck's a pro, pro Twitter. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so Source Bottle, let's start getting onto Twitter. Um, press releases as an attachment, but more of a dedicated pitch and emails. And yes. what else? Very tailored, very, very, very tailored. tailored. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously know the publication or, or radio or TV show that you're pitching to and better speak their language. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you recommend for someone who's like working solo, juggling multiple things, trying to do this all on a budget, of time budget? <laughs> totally agree. I, I think um, when you've got finite resources like time, it's really important. Um, I think that's the role, that's the time when technology can really um, help and assist. So things like setting up alerts, I, I find that, you know, I get, unfortunately, I'm a real details person. And so I get right into the, the weeds of things and that's not terribly time effective. So I would, I would discourage people from doing that, but high level kind of, um, or actually no, quite specific setup, you know, Google alerts or use other, there's lots of different platforms that offer very cost effective ways to sort of monitor the news, um, like online news. Um, so Google alerts are one, you know, using keywords. I mean, you should have something set up for yourself anyway so that um, you know if someone is um, talking about you on social. So you should have a Google alert on yourself or on your business name anyway. Um, so but setting up on, 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 you know, setting up Google alerts or you, I've got an, um, I can't even think of the platform I use, but I use, I use a few for sort of keywords for clients that I'm looking up you know, what's being talked about so that you have an opportunity to newsjack. So you have an opportunity to try to inject your perspective into a discussion at the exact time when it's it's necessary. And you know the journalists then, you know the journalists who are talking about it, whether it's publications you know or lots of publications or blogs or um, podcasts or things that you don't know about. And if they start talking about um, a, a some, something that you are a subject matter expert on, then you should be part of that conversation. So use those technology or technological tools to help um, so you don't have to start doing that sort of grunt work yourself. It, again, it's it's a way of being passive and having it delivered to you. So, yes, so source bottle. I think the other thing is, yes, yeah, so Twitter, make sure you find out what journalists um, are talking about. The great thing about Twitter is they're promoting their own stories so that you get immediate updates as soon as they've released the story so you know what they're talking about. Um, source bottle also, also will help you, um, is, is a great as a signpost tool to tell you what's coming up. So, you know, um, you know whether it's talking about Christmas gift guides, whether it's talking about Father's Day, Mother's Day, but also things like the things that are about to hit the news so that you start to sort of recognise, oh, what's about to hit? And that's the exact time that you want to get inject yourself in the story. So even just from a, as a research tool is a really effective. Um, but they're the, they're the things that I would say, um, you can do at no cost um, to help because unfortunately in this day and age we have to stay, um, you have to be informed. You have to, um, you can't then, you know, sort of, you don't want to be kind of thinking about something after it's just finished 
its cycle in the news. I mean, seasonal topics, you know, seasonal subject matter, you know, subjects you can hook into at any time. You know, you know they're coming, um, whether it's a Black Friday cyber deal, whether it's, you know, Thanksgiving, if you were, if you had something that you can inject yourself in that, you know that that's coming. But um, there's a lot of stuff that you won't know. And then you start to sort of see these things evolving. And all of a sudden people are talking about this and there are three call-outs on Source Bottle about this. And you go, ah, oh, obviously that's becoming an issue. So, yeah, I think I, I think leverage the technology that's available to make life a little easier and um, and and so your role a little bit more passive. Yeah, and what I say to people as well when I'm giving them uh, blog topic ideas is mm. what's trending. And so you see this stuff come up and you're like, cool. So if you write a blog about it, uh, then you have more opportunity to come up in searches because people are like, oh, they see it in the news, they want to find out more. And if you're like got in the right moment. Um, so an example for me, um, it was a year ago, it was the last week of September, I was running a blogging workshop and I was talking about uh, keywords everywhere, which is a tool, an SEO free, well, SEO tool, which was um, free, but then they were turning into a paid version the 1st of October last year. And basically it was because they had bots and uh, issues so by just entering a credit card detail. Like you pay like $10 for like, I don't know, 100,000 searches or something, which you can turn wow. on and off. But it was that one little thing and I happened to see it days before it, it switched over and I'm like I'm gonna take this opportunity I'm in a blogging workshop everyone keep me accountable I'm gonna write a blog about this and so I did and I was on on the front page of if you search for keywords everywhere um, as a paid tool that's I came up and I came up for quite a while on that first page I think I've dropped off now but because I jumped on it when I knew it would have been relevant people would have been yeah. seeing that alert going what's this about would have googled to find out more and my blog came up, which I'd done some research and then summarised it and how I thought about it. So it's really so, so good. That is, is exactly what I mean. Like it's it's such um, it's really really clever. And it, it, you you then you, you're beating everyone in the race. And then the work it's so much easier then. Like um, I always think when it comes to say newsjacking, I mean that's that's probably that's just getting ahead of the game but like when it comes to newsjacking it's it's all about there's like this little kind of news cycle and they say um you know one of the examples was when um bezos was going through a divorce you know he had the extramarital affair and was going through a divorce um so there are a lot of questions that come out of that that people ask um, or you can predict people will ask. And if you are a subject matter expert in an area that's going to be of interest, I mean, the obvious one is talking about the division of assets and something like that, you know, and if you're a divorce attorney, well, you know, that sort of stuff. But what about if you're a shareholder in Amazon? What about if, um, what about, you know, I don't, I don't know if they had kids, but what about the implications of being a high profile, visible person? And how does that impact on your kids when you're going through a marriage? Like all those sort of secondary questions, if you can predict them in advance, you pitch those to a journalist, they're going to go, yeah, absolutely. My audience is, is going to be so keen to hear about that. So that's the way you sort of need to think about the news. Um, it's always about being on the front foot and predicting what those questions inevitably are going to be. Like you you predicted, oh, they're changing over this free version, this from a free version to a paid version. Why are they doing it and what, what does it mean to me? And how and, and you just went, yep, I've got it. And and that's exactly that's that's the science that's the beauty of it uh so yeah well done you oh, yeah i'm gonna keep doing it so maybe i get these alerts i'll actually yeah go into the forefront uh and i just want to ask you one more question just um before i go into my usual uh like health and wellness question is when like is it the right time to put yourself out there on a national global scale like if you've if you've just been working a little business in the local you know your local group you like you know is there ever a right time, um, you know, the word expert, I mean, if you go by certain definitions, it's like, you know, 1,000 hours of 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours, 10, yeah. 10,000 hours. But, you know, I guess it'd be people's imposter syndrome, a little bit that holds them back from putting themselves out as an expert. So yeah. what would you say about that if someone's like, oh, is this the right time for me to, to get involved and say I'm a spokesperson on behalf of this whole issue? Look, I think... Um, I think you should put yourself under lots of pressure because because ultimately if, if we're, and I believe most of us do suffer from imposter syndrome, 
and I think females are skewed to suffer it more than than males from what I understand from different things I've read. Um, so I, I think you're never going to feel like, oh, man, I, it, it's like putting on a pair of underpants that are slightly small. I kind of feel like you need to feel the discomfort because that's going to keep you, it's going to keep you honest. It's going to keep you engaged and it's going to ensure that you actually deliver on the promise. So I think uh, never hold off. I mean, I, I always tell the story with Source Bottle, you know, as a web platform. I mean, we all take ourselves way too seriously for starters. So I kind of feel like, you know, you, you, people go, oh, I'm not going to my, I'm not gonna switch on my web, you know, the website because then I'm going to be just flooded and I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like, you switch it on and there's crickets. Like we all just think we're way more important than we are. And so I kind of, so with Source Model, I was waiting to, to get it just right before I launched, you know, and I was, you know, trying to sort of guess all the, the, the issues and the glitches and the potentials and I was terrified of making a mistake. And then this was back when Rove McManus um, had his show Rove and he had interviewed, he was interviewing Kevin Rudd when he was Prime Minister for the second time, I think. And he said on the show, and he said it again recently, actually, fair, what did he, fair shake of the sauce bottle. And a friend rang me and said, oh, my God, <laughs> the Prime Minister of Australia just said, your business name, you have got a press going now. And so I did. I thought, oh. I won't swear, I, I, um, but I probably did swear. And I just said, okay, well, I did. And so I just think we all take ourselves a bit too seriously. And trust me, I made heaps of mistakes and I have made so many mistakes and I've had so many technical glitches, but people appreciate it if you own it and you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, hands up, I own that, I made a big mistake. Um, or, but, but when the repercussions are so what and... You know, you kind of think, why did I delay? Why did I delay? Why? And then, you know, what really hurts is when somebody, when you know that you know, maybe you think, I know 80%, but I probably don't know 100% of something. And, or I know 60%, but I probably don't know 100%. But I'm, I'm on a really accelerated learning curve here. But then someone comes out that you know 10 times more than, comes out and says they're a subject matter expert. And you're like, Hang about, I'm better, I'm more than you. Well, who cares? You didn't get there first. And if they're able to articulate whatever their point is in a way that suggests that perhaps they do have that expertise, then, then you know, more fool you for not, you know, more fool you for holding back. Um, you'll always know more than the person who's asking the question. Yes, I was going to say, as long as you, I've heard that, as long as you know 10% more, like you can be the trainer in anything. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, so I, I think I, when I went and do my blogging workshops, I'm like, oh, there's still stuff I'm learning. But, hey, I know I know it more than 10% more than the people who come along. So it's it's worthwhile. And then throughout this whole year, um, you know, I've been running all these different webinars and some of them like, I don't feel as confident on this topic as I do with that one. But you know what? I'll do a bit of research and, then I'm feeling comfortable enough with it and then roll with it. And people are like, yeah, that's really great advice. I didn't know any of that. And, you know. Um, yeah. I, th- I think you've got it. You know, they say fake it till you make it. I, yes. I'm not a huge believer in just faking it, but I do think that we underestimate our abilities. And and I think, you know, don't delay. There, there's just, there's honestly, make the mistakes and, and make them out there if you're going to. It's, it's okay. People forgive you. and And sometimes that, that actually helps build your credibility because if you if you make a mistake, they realise you're human. human. Yeah, and it's yes, I agree. so refreshing. Like I, I I don't I don't hold grudges against people who make mistakes and own it. Like it's like oh yeah okay. Oh, that's me. I don't I don't really uh, edit my podcast very much because it's like, yeah, any mistakes, whatever, just keep going. Uh, my webinars, like I was saying to people, I've spilt tea on myself during a webinar. It's going to keep on going. Just laugh and you're human. I think it's really endearing. I mean, I, I think it's it, no one wants the cut and polish and, and now everyone knows that it's all pretend anyway. <laughs> that's it. I love it. And so I always ask my guests this. Uh, so, Beck, how do you manage your health and wellness? That's you're making a huge assumption that I do manage my health. And okay. Wellness. <laughs> um, do no, you manage I, it? <laughs> I um I was saying before we were talking before we we you started recording about 
about sort of the mental health elements. And I used to listen, I said, I was saying how I have been listening to way too many American political podcasts, and that's probably not good for my mental health. One of the ways that I, at some stage when I, you also saying that you're quite empathic, I am too, and I think um, it's probably what makes you very good at your job. And I, I, for a long time, used to listen to ABC News Radio, like not News Radio, ABC the the local ABC down here seven seven four, and I'd listen to talk back and all of us and I, I just found that my moods were so grim, and I changed to then listening because one of my kids was going to school with Chrissy Swan's kids, and down here we've got um, Nova with Chrissy Sam and Brownie, which is Jonathan Brown. Um, Sam Pang and, and Chrissy Swan. I love Sam and, Pang. Oh, well, who, exactly. We talked about having been paying attention. Yeah. I mean, I the, the three of them are fabulous um, at lifting my mood. And so in the morning when I was driving to school, rather than the kids and me listening to this depressing, negative kind of sort of back and forth, argy-bargy, and, and all the depressing stories that actually had, had enough cut through to be recorded, you know, given on ABC Radio, I started listening to that and silly stuff and all of a sudden my mood started to elevate and I thought there's definitely something in that. So I, I try to start my day with more laughter and then serious stuff and, um, yeah, sort of I, I suppose put a bit of cotton wool around me and if I do find that it, it starts to get to me because it does, um, I, I like walking. Walking is, is just soothes the soul, walking. So I do, and then I'll listen to something that's probably a little bit more upbeat or something that just makes me laugh. For me, the circuit breaker is something that makes me laugh. And, um, yeah, I think I think that's really important. Love it, actually. My husband just told me about a podcast he started listening to because my, my dad wrote a porno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I listened to the first one last night. I'm like, yeah, I think this is going to be... <laughs> Because my podcast is usually like business or, or mindset development, but some of the ones something a bit different. I'm like, I think this is the kind of podcast I'm looking for. <laughs> yes, I mean that's exactly right. I I think I I also love for a bit of laugh and a bit of like um, sort of cerebral porn for women is um, Chat Ten Looks Three. Do you ever listen to that? No, I haven't I mean, heard of it. Oh, it's Annabelle Crab and um, oh my god, I've just had a total mental blank. 7.30 reporter, who I also love. Um, the chat 10 looks three, was it? Yeah, chat 10 looks three. Okay. In other words, the chat's worth 10, but the looks might be three. But it's <laughs> An- An- Annabelle Crabb and, oh, you know, um, beautiful sort of strawberry blonde, brilliant uh, news bro- broadcaster. Um, I quickly Google it. <laughs> yeah. 7.30. Seven thirty. Uh, Lee Sales. Lee Sales. Oh, yeah. thank God. So yeah. they're really close mates, and um, and they have incredibly witty, funny banter for people who like reading. It's all about entertainment. They talk about current affairs, but it's always really fun and light and witty, and they're so eloquent that I just go, ah, oh, it's just brilliant. So that's also something. Okay, I'm look that one up too. That to your oh, list. Okay. New podcast. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. And and how can people connect with you? Well, definitely on Twitter at Beck Darrington on Twitter. Um, Source bottle, obviously. I use uh, Twitter as well. Um, uh, uh, sorry, at Source bottle, and then and probably LinkedIn. Um, Beck Darrington again. And I want actually on that topic. Um, for your source, uh, sorry, your Twitter handle, is it better to have your business name or your, your actual name, personal name? Well, it's, uh, look, Both. when I started off, I had, uh, look, in terms of engagement, uh, for me, it's always been your personal handle. Um, but with, with Source Bottle itself, I found people started to expect that it would be the call outs that would be on Twitter. So, Twitter for Source Bottle is really more just. Um, a distribution tool, whereas if you're looking for, for proper engagement, it's it's through me personally. Good to know. Okay, so personal engagement with your name, but then if you do like little broadcasts of tips and tricks and whatever on behalf of your business. Yeah. Exactly. You'll always get, it's kind of like a Facebook business page or yeah. you'll always get less engagement on yeah. a business page um, but um, and more on your personal page. Yeah. All right, I'll experiment. Watch this space. Oh, um, well, I'll have to find you. What's your Twitter handle? 
I don't know what it is. I think. Oh I'm, my god! Yeah. Okay, we need to fix that <laughs> because it's been so long since I, <laughs> I. I did. Um, I went through this phase. Um, oh, maybe like oh, eight, nine years ago, where I found out I had lots of food intolerances, and I'm on the low FODMAPs diet. Oh yeah, the FODMAP. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this vision of opening up a FODMAPs cafe where you could go in and eat, and everything that was there you could eat. Like there's no dairy, no gluten, no onion. Oh wow, no onion. Yep. That was my vision. That's what I do. It's my business idea. Um, But it kind of fizzled when I realised just how much work would go into starting a cafe. Um, But my Twitter handle was FODMAPs Cafe um, when I was experimenting with Twitter, and I think I did create a right time marketing one, but. It's like right and then time, M-K-T-I-N-G, I think. I'll have to double check. I'll, I'll put in the show notes so once I look it up. And yes. I'll have to Leanne one up. Um, yes, but- D- definitely do a Leanne one and well. just, and you know, hit me up. All right, cool. That will be my, my, my goal to get that all set up, ready for 2021. Um, awesome. But yes, thank you. I've really, really loved our chat. I think it's been a great insight in terms of, yeah, more modern PR mindset because I was very much the old, like, you made the releases, yada, yada, you call them, you follow up. But I think the Twitter thing seems like, yeah, the way to go. Twitter's great. Twitter's yeah. great. All right. It, it's, a, it's a real circuit breaker, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're on to it. Um, so, yes, thank you, Beck, and thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in. Um, you can find notes, show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. And if you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton. Let me know you listen to the podcast. And if you want to learn more about generating leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. Until next time, I wish you a good health and a good wealth.